Hey everyone, this is Siobhan with The Creative Outsiders, where we connect the dots for women storytellers. Basically, we want to show you it's possible to live your filmmaking dreams. For creatives, by creatives, location locked. Wish you could find production staff that's professional and easy to work with. Do you lose a lot of time trying to find the perfect location? Then you'll love Location Lock, a peer-to-peer -peer marketplace that offers filmmakers and content creators like yourself the opportunity to book locations and services needed for your next big project or event. Location Lock can also help spread the word about your next open photography session or casting call. It's a win-win. Visit LocationLock.com today and get started. And as you know it, we're back with season three. And today I have the privilege of sitting down with Marty to do a little bit of chatting about filmmaking. So let's welcome Marty onto the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes, yeah, so as I was telling you at the beginning before we hopped on, we play a game called This or That. So we are going to start with the first one, and that is coffee shop or home drinking your own coffee or tea? Home. <laughs> <laughs> um, Premiere Pro or Final Cut? Oh, my gosh. Neither. I'm a terrible <laughs> editor. <laughs> I know I'm trying to get better at my editing skills. <laughs> it's too tedious for me. I'm, I, it drives me crazy. I'd rather just be like, I'll, I'll write it and have somebody else do that. I, I can't even. <laughs> I totally understand. Directing or screenwriting? Oh, gosh. Directing. Okay. And email or handwritten notes? Email. And last one, winter or summer? Oh, I, like, I like me some pool time. But I, <laughs> I like winter, too. I, I like... Um, Oh my gosh. Winter, winter. That's so funny. I am so not a winter baby. I love the pool and sitting by the pool. Yeah. So let's jump in really quick. It was, uh, cause everybody knows who listens in. I love, I'm a research junkie. So I had like a field day when I was researching you. Oh my goodness. I did. <laughs> okay. You gave, good, you gave me good material. It was all good stuff. Oh gosh. <laughs> Tell us, Marty, where were you? I'm sorry, were you naturally curious as a creative, like growing up? Were you naturally the person who said early on, I know I'm supposed to be a creative? Yes, I knew I was always going to be creative because um, um, in kindergarten, I actually had to draw a picture of a giraffe and we all colored it in and I made mine all rainbow colored and it was beautiful. And I got in trouble because they said I was out of touch with reality because I didn't draw it the same color. And I was like, it's brown and like orange. It's not very exciting. And so from then on, I knew I was definitely um, beating a different drum than everybody else. Absolutely. And that's so uh, interesting that you said that, like they said, oh, you were basically doing the most. Do you think that creatives usually have a difficult time in school as far as being able to express themselves creatively? I do. Um, I know in high school, my, my high school counselor told me to take up a trade because I would never be successful at anything because they said I would, um, I had my head in the clouds. I would be writing stories or, 
or, you know, I would just, I just think differently than people. And instead of that being celebrated, they've sort of just tried to pound me, you know, a, a, a square peg into a round mm -hmm. hole. And, you know, it just, it just doesn't work. I think now as, as, um, differences are being more and more celebrated, I think it's a little bit easier, but it definitely was, it was very hard and very lonely, at, you know, growing up like that because n nobody knew what I, nobody really knew what I was in, in terms of, uh, my humor and my, my understanding and my, um, my framing of the worlds in when I would write and how I would see things because I've always been able to see things differently and, and, uh, find the empathy in, in every thread, if that makes any sense. Listen, you're talking to her herself. Like I'm over here like, yes, <laughs> that's how I felt growing up. I felt like, um, yeah, like nobody quite got me. Mm -hmm. I felt like I was off in this, my own little bubble, Yep. living my life and then I would have to come back and be like okay let me be like regular to appease everybody <laughs> yeah yeah I was always the weird one that's what everybody would call me like I was never considered funny or pretty or anything like that it was always she's weird and so after a while I was just like well you know that's just me then I guess I'm just weird <laughs> wow so when is the moment that you knew that filmmaking was going to be your thing um, I, I was taking a, or I had been taking some screenwriting classes because I've always written and my mentor, Will Akers said that I needed to, um, do this film competition and I did. And I walked away winning honorable mention and he was like, yeah, this is what you need to do. You need to direct now. And so I sort of just shifted. And when I started directing, I was like, oh, this is great. It just felt like I found my tribe and my people and, um, I'm very good at um, talking to the actors because I came from, I, I did musical theater growing up and everything because I'm not afraid of crowds. I'm not afraid of people. So um, it just fit perfectly because I know how to talk to these wonderful actors. And, and also I, um, I talk to the staff really well. You know, I can, I just draw things out of people and make everybody sort of come up higher mm -hmm. instead of, you know, talking at people. So I found out that this was, it, it just fits and I'm happiest when I'm, when I'm directing. Hmm. So, so I know that you mentioned that, you know, you did start off writing because you wrote a book. So mm -hmm. how were you able to transition from writing books into screenwriting? Because it is totally different. It is. It is. Um, I took, Oh, I took a class and actually my mentor was the, in Will Akers, he was the one who was in charge of it. And, um, it was really easy for, because I had these ideas. The hard part was learning that I didn't have to write flowery words in order to get my, my, um, point across. I could use fragmented sentences because screenwriting is so different. And, but once I grasped that it was, I was off to the races and, um, it was, it was great. And he was very helpful in helping me get my work in front of people. So how has he been able to help you to get your work in front of people? Because I know women who listen and that's their thing, like, okay, I wrote my script. So now what? Yeah. I, um, what he did was, um, he would just, get, he would give me recommendations and I would, I would just start meeting these different people and sharing, sharing my work with them. And the best advice he ever gave me was 
learn to do everything. So you'll always have a job. Mm. So when I would go to film sets, I would be a PA or I would be a script supervisor or I would come on board. I've produced, you know, I've, I've directed, I've, I've done pretty much everything except for grip and electric because I don't touch that. <laughs> and I don't DP because I'm terrified of equipment. So <laughs> everything else I've pretty much done. Um, and because of that, I've met all these gamut, these gamuts of people. And because I've met all these different types of people and, and I am a team player, um, they bring me back to do other things. And when they bring me back to do other things, I meet more people and then they know somebody who's like, Marty, I want to help you. How can I help you? And I said, well, I have this script. Oh, well, send it to me. Boom. You know, and that's really all it is. It's mm -hmm. networking and, and making yourself available and just being nice because this, in this industry, everybody is uh, not everybody. I shouldn't say that in this industry, there are a lot of people who can make you get jaded very quickly with mm -hmm. their behavior and the way that they handle things. So if you come on board and you are positive and um, uplifting that right there sets you 95% ahead of everybody else. And that's worked for me. And I mean, that's who I am anyway, but in to remain calm in situations that's, that's helped too. That's a good point. And one thing I was going to ask you because you are, well, you do travel a lot as far as being a filmmaker, mm -hmm. but you are, home base in Atlanta, correct? I bounce back and forth between Atlanta and Nashville. Okay. My oldest son is in Atlanta and I have an apartment here. My, um, my husband and my other two children are still in Nashville because my youngest is still in school right now. Okay. So I bounce back and forth <laughs> between the two. So it, yeah, it's very tiring. But yeah, so I was going to ask you, how do you manage that and, um, your responsibility as a creative? Um, well, right now I'm not currently on anything that's bringing in a paycheck. I'm working on, um, you know, some of my own content. So mm -hmm. I'm spending a week here to write and then I'll go home for a week and then I come back for a week and then I write and then I go home for a week. It's, you know, I'll be glad when he graduates cause everybody's going to make the shift to Atlanta, I believe. Okay. And then that's what I was going to ask you also. You're like giving me all the good questions to ask. How do you manage downtime? Because that's another thing that filmmakers struggle with. Like, you know, you might be really, really busy and then you might be not have a project to work on. So how do you manage that? Well, because I, I do write so much, I'm, I always have content. So when I like my downtime now, I have, let me see, I'm looking at my board right now. I have six projects on my board that I need to work on, which are things that I've written. Mm -hmm. And then I have seven things on my other board, which is like things that are going to be on my plate. <laughs> so it's like, I'm always, I just create content and I just keep making stories. So when I go to pitch and somebody says, what else do you have? I always have an arsenal ready. That's good. Cause I think that, uh, just, I have a screenwriters group and we're starting back up. I think that's the thing that I'm also going to remind them. Like you do want to have a library of work that you have to show for. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And I also saw that you are a or have been a judge for, um, screenplays at various festivals. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask you, what is the common area that you see that screenwriters struggle in? Oh, um, 
uh, they don't write in pa uh, they don't write an active voice. They write in passive voice. That's a big one. And um, a lot of the time, they don't know how to format it correctly, mm -hmm. and that's that just annoys the snot out of me to no end. Mm -hmm. um, they repeat things a lot, which they don't need to, because if you know your craft, you you should know how to format your script. And then also a, a big huge thing is all the dialogue between all of the characters sounds the same. Mm. That's, that's not how people talk. You know, you have different people. You can give somebody a quirk. Somebody can have an accent. Somebody, you know, just something different. Throw me something. Right. Um, those, are the, those are the main things. So when you say as far as dialogue, then how do you get better? Or I'm not going to just say dialogue, but how do you get better? Keep writing, read certain books. What has helped you? Um, okay, so I totally have a dialogue journal that I keep with me, and I totally eavesdrop on conversations. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll be hearing something, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that has got to go into a script. Or it's, I've never heard somebody really respond the way that this person responds, you know, and it's really interesting um, because it's, it's like you're people watching, but you're really people listening, you know, um, I do that. And then um, it's always good to, to read other people's scripts. And I don't mean your friends. I mean, like Alan's, um, excuse me, um, Aaron Sorkin's scripts or David Mamet, you know, um, scripts of people who are just, you know, amazing. And then mm -hmm. just to sit there and be like, okay, so I'll do that. Um, another good thing to do is to get yourself a script of a movie and then have it next to you, watch the movie. And then when it goes to the next scene, stop, stop the, the uh, DVD or whatever, and then write the scene like how you would write it and then compare it to the other and see how you measure up to this other, um, act, uh, this other writer. Not, not to compare yourself, but it helps you hone in on, oh, I didn't need to say that they had, I didn't need to say that they had a bouquet of 12 roses. All I needed to say was, a, you know, a bouquet of flowers or mm -hmm. you know, things like that. That's, that's, a, that's good. Thanks. That's a very good suggestion. I'm going to, I'm going to let them know and I'm going to say, hey, we've got a new tip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you started directing and I want to fast forward a little bit to the project Stolen because you did win Best Director yes. at the Miami Beach Film Festival. Mm -hmm. So first tell everyone what Stolen was about and then we'll go from there. Stolen was a pet project of mine. I wrote it um, because my daughter uh, had been missing, was missing once. And um, during that time, it was very... I mean, it's the most, it's the most horrible thing, not knowing where your, where your child is. And so I, I, to, to get through this, I guess I wrote this short, this short film and the mother is, and the mother and the father are both my, the thoughts that were going through my head the entire time. So you have the dad saying, everything's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. And the mother is just absolutely off the rails, ballistic because she's like, we can never move you know, if we never find her, what's going to happen, um, you know, in, in all of those raw emotions between the two things. So that's what that was about. And it was just, um, just something that I, I had a really great team that came together. Um, and it was, it was one of those things where I really, 
uh, I, I really honed my skills as a director to pull these, these performances out of these amazing actors. And they did absolutely above and beyond. Buffy Holland was the play Claire and she was just absolutely exquisitely perfect. And, um, it, it, you know, it just, it worked and I walked away with a best director trophy and it was, that was really cool, really cool experience for that. So how have you developed your skill as a director? Because I've had this like debate and I'm going to ask you, it's like a running debate on the show Mm -hmm. uh, for directors. Do you know how to work the camera? I know how to go to my DP and say, (laughs) is this shot possible? And if they say yes, but it would look better over here because you're lighting, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I trust my DP. And I let them, because that's their job. Right. They're supposed to take my vision and implement it as best they can. But if they have something that's going to make it look even better, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with, with that collaborative effect. And that's really helped me because of that. And every once in a while, you know, it'll be like, well, we can do that. Or if I see something that they don't see, I'll be like, let's get this shot and then we'll do it your way too. And let's just see you know, how, how, which one is better or not, which one's better. Let's see which one ends up in the the final cut. So how has your process changed from when you first started directing to now? Has anything changed? Uh, Yeah. When I first started directing, I, um, I noticed that I would give actors line readings. Like I knew how I wanted it to be and I would tell them exactly how I wanted the the lines to go mm-hmm. and actors don't really like that because it takes away their freedom. So I don't do that as much anymore. I might say something like, okay, let's do it again. Can you, can you give that, to, give me that line a little faster so we can hit it hard, you know, and they'll be like, okay, that's great. But walking up into, you know, I'm saying, okay, I want you to say the bees are out, you know, just like that, you know, or something. Right. They don't like that. And um, I've learned to, to, to trust my, to trust my team. Because before I was, I, you know, when you first start, mm-hmm. you started, I was in film school at Vanderbilt. So, you know, you, it, you have a group of, of other kids with you and you're trying to all come together and do this collaborative thing. But, mm-hmm. but yet, but yet you're, you're working with a college group who's always used to having everybody doing an equal share and everybody have an equal say, and you can't have that in film. So I've had to learn that it's a military operation almost. And you have a general that's going to tell your colonel, your first AD, where everything needs to be. And then you're going to let the first AD run the set while I can go and deal with the, with the actors. So it's, um, I, I've, I had to learn that and I do, and I know it now. And so it's, it, and it works for me. <laughs> Everybody seems to enjoy it. I have a lot of people who want to work with me. So I, I, that's a blessing. And that's a very good analogy because I like, well, I went to graduate school for screenwriting Mm -hmm. and you're right. Even though we did like table reads and we worked on a project together, Mm -hmm. it is definitely different. Like you are all working together. Like, no, my, all my opinion matters just as much as yours. So yeah, Yeah. the military uh, analogy was spot on. That was really good. (laughs) It's true though. Cause I mean, as you progress, you do when you initially start especially mm-hmm. as an indie filmmaker, you're just so happy <laughs> that you're making your work. Yes. So it's like, yeah, your opinion matters just as mine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, and, and then also with, with the military, it always comes down to, you have to have that one person that makes, that makes the call, 
you know, like, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do it this way. Sorry. It was a great idea, but we don't have time. We only have this location for three hours. We're going to film it this way. Sorry. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. And then as far as being at the Miami Beach Film Festival, how was that experience for you as a filmmaker? Oh, that was so much fun. That was really the first time that I had um, recognition as a director. I had been recognized as a writer before. Mm -hmm. I'd gone to, I've been to film festivals for writing, but this one was really, really cool because um, this was really what I wanted to do. This was, the project was so close to my heart. I had a lot of people rooting for me, you know, and, and to be able to walk on the red carpet and my husband was with me. So it was really fun. Cause usually he doesn't get to travel and go to these film things with me. So every, it was, it was really, really cool experience. And then as far as for filmmakers who may be on the fence about whether they should try to put their work in film festivals, how has it helped you? What has it done to like grow you as an individual, as an artist? Hmm. Um, I would say definitely do it because it's always, it's, it's really, really cool to get, to get noticed, you know, and you, that's, that's the whole point. You're trying to meet people. Um, but even if your work doesn't get into the film festivals, go to the film festivals anyway and go meet people, go meet these, um, these incredible filmmakers. I know with, with me, um, with stolen, it didn't get into a couple of film festivals. And then when I went there, I, uh, I saw some of the short films and I was like, Oh my God, these are terrible. <laughs> How did this get in over mine? You know, but a lot of it too, is you have to understand what genre mm. people want to do. So if, if you were want to do, if you're a filmmaker, and you want to do dramatic short films, you're going to have a harder time getting into film festivals than if you do comedies. Comedies always do really well because you invoke a response from your, from your audience or your judges or whoever. And so they automatically do better. I don't know why that is other than, you know, I guess everybody's trying to be super serious or whatever, but, right. um, but definitely if you're a filmmaker, definitely just keep plugging away at it. And, and you might have something really, really amazing and they just don't understand your vision. So, you know, don't give up just because somebody, you know, you don't get it into a couple of, of film festivals, you know? Right. Um, I, I can say that um, I'm, I'm pretty well respected in Nashville because the film, because I've done so much in the film community, but I haven't had any of the films that I've directed ever land there as a, as a uh, filmmaker. And, um, I, I, I mean, I personally think they should have, but I mean, you know, that's just the way it is, but I'm not going to get jaded because of that, because right. I know what I can do. And, you know, it's sort of, it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just one of those people that I don't really care what people think about me. Cause I know what I'm doing matters and it's, you know what I'm saying? I mean, right. yeah. Sorry if I'm just rambling. <laughs> no, 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 you're not. That makes sense though, because I think that as a filmmaker, you do have to have a level of certainty about yourself and what you're creating, because if not, like you're always going to be down because somebody is always yeah. has something to say. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This is, <laughs> this is the most judgmental world you can be in. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and I was going to ask you that too, since you mentioned about Nashville, 
Um, I have a lot of people who ask or say, hey, you know, like I'm thinking about moving to Hollywood or even Atlanta. Like, do how do you feel about that? And do you think it's, do you have to? Because that's the whole thing. People will be like, oh, do I have to move if I want to create films? If, if you're a writer, I don't think you need to. You can write from wherever. Mm -hmm. If that's all you want to do is screenwrite, that's, that's one thing. Um, if you want to create film and you're just starting out, I would just, wherever you are at, I would uh, contact local film, or excuse me, local universities that have film programs and work with, with the students because they're always looking for actors and other filmmakers. I would do that. But as for moving, um, you know, God, Los Angeles chews people up and spits them out. Um, I, I, I would not go there starting out. I, I, I would, mm, it's, it's a hard call. I'm, I'm in Atlanta because I got, I got on a television show as a producer's assistant. And then I just kept, I just kept picking up speed. So that's why I'm here. Um, and my family's going to move here because there's work here. You know, I, I know right. that there's work here and I've made a presence for myself within this film community and it's a wonderful film community here. So, um, whatever, wherever, if the person does want to move there, it's going to take a little bit of sweat equity once they arrive to get into this, to get into the film world there, because it's, it's, you know, you have, you have clicks and you have, um, um, you know, little like squads of people, you know, and it's going to be hard to infiltrate for a little bit, but if you just keep at it, you can, you know, you can do anything. Anything is possible, but uh, that's just something to consider. Like the move is, it's not going to be like, you're going to just walk right in and all of a sudden be receiving, you know, Emmys and Oscars. And, you know, I mean, and if it is, Hey, call me because I can write for you. <laughs> exactly. Like call us. Yeah, call exactly. Us exactly. <laughs> but it'll be, I mean, you just have to go where, where the tug of your heart is. I mean, you know, you know, yeah. like, I knew when I sat back, I, I was supposed to go to Atlanta and I'm like, this is the, this is the right thing for me. So somebody might be, might say, I don't know why this, why this is, but I'm supposed to go to new Orleans because mm -hmm. they have a really great film program there too, you know, going on with their incentives and everything. And mm -hmm. they go there and, and doors fly open for them. I think you just have to follow what's, what's in your heart and that tug. I agree. And you mentioned too about working, um, on a television set. How has that uh, experience been? And do you see yourself working on television as a writer or director? Is that something you want to pursue? Oh, it's definitely something I want to pursue. It, uh, it was a great experience. I, because television is so incredibly different than doing a film. I've worked as a producer's assistant for television and I've worked as a producer's assistant for film. And it's two totally different beasts altogether. With the television show, I was able to sit in on all the meetings. I was able to listen to, you know, how the budgets were made. I got to sit in on safety meetings and picture car meetings. And it, it showed me the entire overview. I, I was there for everything. And um, it made me just want to direct and show run a show. I, I know that I can do it. That's I'm, I'm good at what I saw there for, um, for the movie, uh, the, the, excuse me, the producer that I was, working with, he um, introduced me to the world of contracts and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So I had to deal with, with that and um, 
you know, I dealt with the casting and I dealt with things behind the scenes, you know, and, um, it was completely, completely different. And, um, I mean, I, I know I could do it. I didn't, I, I think I would do better. I just think I would do better as a director. I would, I can produce, but I, that's not really the world that I really want to hang out at. Um, but I can, you know what I'm saying? Like I know how to do it, but it's definitely, I, I definitely know, especially after the, uh, the film, I know that I could, I, I know that I know that I know how to direct and I know that I know that I know what I'm doing after seeing people, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. Oh, I've been doing that right all these years, you know, <laughs> which was very affirming, which was great. That's good. So what is next for you as a filmmaker? What are you working on next? What projects do you have going on? Oh my goodness. I am going out to LA this spring to pitch a bunch of my content. So like I'm always writing, right? Mm -hmm. so, so I'm pitching, I'm pitching a 30 minute sitcom. I'm pitching a one hour Western drama series. Um, I have a true crime script that I'm finishing up that would be a movie that I'm going to pitch. I have two documentaries. I have um, a movie, a short film that's in post right now um, called The Adventures of Wonder Boy. And um, the, the lead has autism. And I'm going to see about possibly getting that made into an animated series for him because the lead actually really did have autism. <laughs> and uh, I've got about seven other things up on my wall I'm looking at right now that I don't know if they're going to be ready to go. But <laughs> I know. It's crazy. No. But that's all good. And that's what I was going to ask you. Uh, so you're going to pitch all these projects, which they all sound really good because one, I love Westerns. I used to joke because my dad made me watch them. Oh my gosh. So much when I was younger and I'd be like, can we please watch something else? But I <laughs> love them. Love it. Um, and I love documentaries. Like I love them. Nice. They make me so happy. <laughs> mm -hmm. But uh, so how do you prepare for the pitch process because I know people have not been in that position before and even when we just had to do it for school from a mock one for it was like Hollywood execs it was so like I was so stressed out I was I was sure. so stressed out <laughs> yeah so, how do you prepare okay so I um I research what studios want what type of content if because I, I don't do horror at all ever yeah, me either um, I just think that there's a responsibility that I have with my writing and I don't want to put scary thoughts into people's heads. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> so, um, I, I research what they want. So if I have like the adventures of wonder boy, which is obviously going to be, it's a kid's superhero show. I wouldn't take that to a director who or a produ a production company that only does horror films. That would just mm -hmm. be a waste of their time and a waste of mine. So I prepare on that accordingly. I sort of, um, I don't want to say stock, but I research <laughs> <laughs> who I'm going to be talking to, to find out what they like and things like that. And then I try to incorporate those things into the pitch. So when I'm making, um, when I'm making my visual presentation, if I have music running and I find out that they like this obscure Icelandic band, then all of a sudden they're like, Hey, I know that music, you know, that's my favorite mm -hmm. band, you know, and I'm like, Oh really? I just found out about them. <laughs> <laughs> I love this music, you know, just something to number one, make you be remembered. Right. 
And number two, you have some sort of common ground because they, you know, I, I try to see things from their point of view. Can you imagine your job like every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday is that you have to have a, a bunch of people just keep coming at you and just throwing content at you. And some of them are have egos and some of them are terrified and some of them don't know how to ad adequately put it into words, you know? And so you're just like, you're wasting my time. You're wasting, you know, that's how mm -hmm. I would be. Right. So I try to get everything as tight knit as I possibly can and give them a visual that they can hold, which is like, whether it's a one sheet or like a little, a tiny show Bible. Um, I try to give them a visual that they can enjoy like my, uh, my, uh, like a PowerPoint presentation. And I also put it on, um, put it on a flash drive. So if they're like, Oh, this is really cool. I can say, Oh, here you go. You can keep this flash drive. That's everything you just saw. Here's my input, my card in there. And then, you know, let me know if you have any questions or anything like that and go from there. And just as I just try to make it as easy, I make it as easy as possible for them to understand the content and as hard as possible for them to say no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And those are all really good tips. And when you first started doing this, did you acquire an agent? Was there anybody who walked you through the process so you didn't blow it on your first time? No, I am. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually hoping to snag an agent while I'm down there. So, or over there. Um, okay. So there's that, <laughs> but, um, I, I have a, I have a lot of really, I've got a lot of friends in a lot of weird places. So, um, a, a lot of it is just me calling up and saying, Hey, walk me through this because mm -hmm. I know that they've gone through something like that, you know? So I've got a friend that's a screenwriter out in LA and I'm like, okay, what do I need to do? I'm coming out there. And, and he's the one who's like, okay, you'll need a visual. You'll need, you know, to do this. You need to meet with these certain people. I'll set this up for you. I'll do this for you, you know, but you need to do this. Okay, great. So just have the game plan, just have the game plan ready and just keep implementing it. Because if you, if you're a procrastinator, they're going to know it because it's going to show up and um, in your work, and they're going to ask you a question, and you're not going to have the answer, <laughs> you know, and uh, you, you, you want to go in there as completely as prepared as possible. You want to be confident, but you don't want to be cocky, mm -hmm. you know, and um, I found that I, I've always done really, really well in interviews, because I've always had the ability to find that one thing that we can, that we can agree on, you know, and um, go from there. When I got my first job as the producer's assistant, um, I asked him how his day was and he said he had just flown in from Fiji. And so I was like, well, did you, did you have fun? He goes, no, I didn't even get to see it. I was working the whole time. I was there for two days and hopped a flight and I came straight here. And so I said, well, do you need to reschedule? My gosh, do you need to go, you know, do you need to sleep? And because of that, he was, that's, that's what got me the job. Now I didn't know that, you know, it was just the fact that I was like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? <laughs> you right. know? And it made me stand out because I was literally asking about that person. Right. Those are good tips. So before we go, mm -hmm. any last words that you have for women who are listening that are like maybe at a crossroad or even thinking about giving up as filmmakers, do you have any tips, words of encouragement, advice? I can't tell you whether to give up or not because that's, 
that's a very personal decision. But I can say that you have a voice and you're valuable and you're treasured and we need your voice. And it doesn't matter what you're saying because we need everybody's voice to make us a collective. If you have a vision for a project and you're, and you're having such a hard time getting it made and you're, you just feel like you're running against wall after wall after wall, that's okay because it could just be that it's just not the right time. Everything has to do with timing in this business. If I was asked five years ago to direct something, to direct stolen even, I don't think I would have done as good a job as I did when I directed it because that was the set time for that project. So if you are at a crossroads and you really don't know what to do, just listen to your heart and keep writing or keep directing, just keep being creative because you'll know if you walk away from it you, and you feel the tug to come back, you, you know you're supposed to be back. That's good. So let everyone know how they can keep in touch with you. If they want to collaborate with you, how's the best way to get in touch and any social media website information. So if you want to follow me on Instagram, I am at screenwriter chick with no K. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at screenwriter chick, but it's at S C R N W R I T E R C H I C. You can find me that way. Um, I'm also on Facebook under Marty King Young, and Marty is with an I. But if you ask me um, to be your friend, you're going to have to tell me that you're from the podcast because I've had to uh, be a little more more careful with who I allow on my friends list. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there, there's that. And um, yeah, and just DM me and we can go from there. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. You gave a lot of valuable information. And I hope ladies that are listening, you know, my famous line that you don't talk about it, that you be about it and that you live your filmmaking dreams. And if you enjoyed the podcast, please let us know, rate us, share it, subscribe and leave us a comment. And until next time, just go do it. I love that.